You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session Podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's get ready to jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's format will consist of a panel discussion, which is going to be a little bit different than previous panel discussions. One of our guests that I have with me today is Mike Kosikis, who was on a previous episode last year. And Mike is the Director of Talent Development and Operational Excellence for his organization. And Mike, welcome back to the Jam Session. Rob, thank you. You and I were having a discussion a few weeks ago, and we thought it'd be kind of cool to bring in some of your managers that, that work within your organization, where we would hit them with a few different challenging management scenarios. So this is the classic, what if you come across this, how would you handle it? Right? That's kind of the approach we're going to take today. Is that right? Absolutely. All right, so why don't we just take a... A few minutes and let you introduce the managers that you brought in with you today. So uh, we have somebody from each part of the U.S. We have Ted Coles coming to us from the East Coast, Matt Malloy from the Midwest, and Dean DiGiacomo from the West Coast. Welcome to the Jam Session, guys. Great to have you on. Thanks, Rob. All right. So just to confirm, we haven't prepped you at all, right? We haven't given you guys any of these scenarios. Is is that right? That is correct. That's correct. So this is going to be a true Jam Session approach. And are you guys ready to jam? Ready. Absolutely. These scenarios, we have a few for you, and they, and they are going to fall under performance reviews. Tis the season where many of us out there are probably in the middle of doing performance reviews. And, and we as managers, we just love doing performance reviews, right? I mean, we just love writing them, and I can see you guys are laughing. Yeah. So let's go through this first scenario. All right, so you recently took over a team. Maybe you're about six months in with your new team. And whether you were recently promoted to a management spot, maybe a restructuring, or you're new to the organization, you have about six months in with your new team, and it is performance review time. And one of your employees submitted their reviews with a high rating, right? To make it simple, let's just say it's an exceeds rating. And I know you guys are in sales, so you're sales managers, but we'll keep this simple. Let's just say for argument's sake, from a sales goal perspective they they did achieve their their goal however as we know there's other components to to a year-end review and based on your observations and you've had enough observations with this employee to know that they are a meets expectations at best and yet they submitted and exceeds so how do you handle that what do you what do you do with it yeah i mean i'll, I'll quickly jump in because i've had this come up a number of times and I think you're right. As sales managers, we are in a little bit of a unique position um, because we have a performance review and we have numbers. And many times we equate numbers with that level of performance review. Um, and as you know, Matt and Ted also know, um, that, that isn't always the case. So I think you have to be honest, but um, not uh, obviously like any performance review, not critical, not saying, look, we're trying to take you down a peg, but just be very realistic about that there are more things than just numbers that go into Mm -hmm. uh, your performance. And so the numbers, yes, we appreciate those. Let's talk about some of these other things and then kind of go down that road. Thanks, Dean. Go ahead, Ted. I think the conversation for me would begin with some questions about, you know, what does an exceptional uh, performance look like? Uh, what is, you know, what's your definition of a, an exceptional performance? 
and if this individual knows everybody in the region and let's say we do have a superstar in the region that would be my benchmark for you know exceptional you know i just ask them do you think that your level of performance was commensurate with with that individual or somebody else in the company that may be a top rep uh that you would consider exceeds expectations and get their feedback about that to dean's point it's not all about the numbers we are in sales judged by numbers largely but um, there are a lot of other metrics that that gauge our overall performance that create exceptionalism and you know you'd have to really ask them a lot of questions to see if they felt that they either met those benchmarks or did they in fact really exceed them and i would bring it around to the, the to the point where i would get them to answer their their own question about where they actually were without having to come out and say it myself you weren't really exceptional and it you didn't really exceed expectations i think maybe we can both agree you met expectations and that's fine but you've got some improvement uh, to do here in some of these other areas. I love the approach of asking questions, right? And, and seeing where they stand on it. Cause you're actually forcing them to kind of think through it a little bit. Can I ask too, Ted, just to play and you and I've worked together uh, a long time. We've run, we both run into this and Matt, you probably have too. played devil's yeah. advocate. I, I like the idea of asking those questions. What if they answer them like, yes, I did a great job. And here, and because like Rob, Rob started it off, they rated themselves very high. What do you what do you do if their answers are really not in line with what you think? Listen, if they can convince me <laughs> that um, that they truly were exceeding, great. Then maybe they will convince me. But if they don't, then I'm just ultimately going to have to let them know I disagree respectfully. And you know, we're still going to have to work on this stuff. It is what it is. You can't just make stuff up. Now, if they actually did bring some concrete examples of exceeding mm-hmm. expectations that, uh, you know, blow me away, then uh, I'll concede. Hey, you're right. Okay. Maybe you did. I didn't know that or whatever, but that's a good point. Let me throw this in there because Ted, you mentioned about, you know, giving a benchmark to compare. And I've heard both sides of the argument here as you know, employees do at times, they do need tangible examples of, all right, what does great look like, right? What does exceed and exceeds look like? Right. So there's that side of it. I also heard others who will state that, you know, you, we should never compare or use other employees as a comparator. So I've heard it both, both ways and both bring, you know, legitimate arguments to it. So I'm just curious just to throw it back out to the group. What do you guys think about that, Matt? That's a delicate line to, to tote, you know, because if you if you say, well, look at this one employee, they are the example of meeting exceeding expectations, that could cause animosity in between your team because they're like, oh, well, you favor that that rep over or me or that person over another because you think they are the ones that set the example. So I, I would shy away from it, even though there are reps that you want to use as, as an example. But I think having benchmarks of things that are exceeding expectations is a better way to go than in saying, you know, this rep is, or this person is exceeding expectations. You want to be similar to that person. And uh, hey, Rob, I wonder how important is it to have a, um, uh, some sort of rubric or a core competency rubric to, to base it off of? It sounds like we're, maybe this is, we're living a little bit in, you don't have anything concrete to tie it to. 
So there's a version of this where you hear hearsay, you know, maybe there's a version of that, but then there's something where you can look at it and say, these are the things that need to be done. Do you feel you've met them? And if so, I guess to Ted's point, show mm. me how you've met them. And now you can show me how the great we, you can demonstrate that that's fantastic. Perhaps there are some other issues that you want to work on, but how important do you think that is? I, I do think it's, it's important. And I, I kind of love what, what Ted said before. All right, if you can convince me, <laughs> You know, so that and and let's be honest, there are times where, you know, we forget things. Maybe things were accomplished that uh, you have to sit back and like, oh, you know what? I, I forgot about that. So I think there is some uh, I think that is a, a good approach too, right, in terms of, you know, having that dialogue with the employee and, and all right, if you can convince me, let's let's talk through this. However, you know, having things to benchmark against, I think, is, is a vital piece of it, right, and being able to. Because again, look, this is a reality. This comes up all the time. Employees do always, not all, employees do at times bring up other employees' names throughout some of these discussions, right? And, that, and that's a challenge at times, and you do get roped in, into it. Well, even, even more than that, sometimes we use employees, uh, we certainly do for training purposes. If I hire a new rep, for instance, I always have them do ride-alongs with more senior tenured reps. And the reason is I want them to you know, reproduce exactly what these successful reps are doing. Everybody in the company knows who the top reps are, at least in our division. And I think at some level, they aspire to be like them and do what they do. And we have calls, specifically region calls, to share ideas about what works and what other people are doing. And as a manager, I try to share that <clears throat> with others. If I'm on a ride along and I see a best practice, I certainly try to share it with others. And if that's coming from one of the top reps, there's a reason that person is doing all the right things. I, I, I want other people to do that as well. I, I think so. And I agree with, with Matt in that regard. I don't want to create animosity between anybody about favoring one person over another, because as a team, I'm trying to get everybody elevated, you know, to the highest level. And if I've got someone working at that high level, I want everyone working at that high level. And if I hire somebody, one of the first things I'm going to do is have them ride along with that rep, that top performer, and and try to emulate, you know, what they can that's, that's working for that rep so that they too can succeed. Um, and if I can duplicate that throughout my region, man, that's then I'm, I'm going to be giving everybody an exceeds uh, on their review and happy to do it. I think, and I think that's an excellent point. I do think during a performance review, when you have that type of scenario, when you have an individual, you know, a top performer that's, that may have mentored the individual that you're sitting down with or have been part of their, their training, that is a, an excellent technique and the appropriate way of where you do benchmark against somebody because there's been that type of involvement from that person in that capacity. I think that is where a good benchmark comes into play. Dean? I think we certainly, on the sales side of the ledge, are in a little bit of a unique or even, you know, very different situation than maybe many departments within an organization. It, it would be a shock if we didn't talk to everybody on our team every week because of the nature of our business. And that's not the norm in most departments. And because we're talking regularly, and obviously we're stacked ranked against others, we're talking about our performance, we're talking about the region, we're talking about the country. Um, you know, I always tell people on every year and every performance review, I preface mine by saying, look, if I say anything in this review that surprises you, shame on me. You know, because we're talking all through the year. And if I spring something on you that happened in March, 
and you're just finding out about it now, that's on me. So, you know, we talk all year long. I actually think in sales in many regards, that part of the process, the performance review may end up being a little simpler than most in some regards, because we don't normally get a tremendous amount of pushback. Right. I don't know about Ed, you, uh, Matt, you, you know, if you've had many confrontational sort of reviews um, with your own people, I, it doesn't seem to come up much in sales. No, Dean, you know, I think it, the way I approach it is through the year is a, is a evolving review, right? And so when you come to that yearly review, nothing's a surprise. It's what are we working on to get better daily, weekly, monthly to evolve your career, your business path, right? And your business. And so when you have that review at the end of the year, it's more of a progression of what, what we talked about throughout the year, how you've evolved, what you're working on, what you need to continue to work on, and what are some new things to focus on more than, hey, you, you know, these are the things I think you're bad at or you're really good at, and then slap them with a review. It's, yeah. it's a continual progress of their business. I have to say, I do agree that for most out there in, in sales, it is designed to some extent for that continuous feedback all along the way. And, and I work with many departments outside of sales. And, and to some degree, I do wish they had more, a little bit more of that mindset because it would make that performance review a little bit easier, less surprises, if you will, that continuous coaching. And regardless whether you're in sales or, or not, that continuous coaching should be happening all along the way. Uh, it's just in sales, it's just designed the mindset you're conditioned to think that way. And in reality, all departments should be conditioned to think that way. Now, I want to go back to the scenario um, because as you guys are talking about, yes, as over time, right, you're having these discussions. In this scenario, we're going to give you a little bit of a twist because remember, you just took over the team. You're, you're with them six months, right? So you've got this evaluation that they submitted that they think they're, you know, they deserve a higher rating. So here's the twist. The previous manager, the previous year for that review, that manager gave this employee an exceeds. And it's the exact same performance. It wasn't any from a sales metrics that was that would justify an exceeds. But for whatever reason, that manager gave them a higher rating. And now here you are. You see it from a very different lens. That's a tough one, right? It's because they're going to come in and say, well, last year I got this. And I think what you do is you just open and honest and address it face first and just say, look, that's that's what his evaluation was. I can't speak to it because I was not involved with that. What I viewed and witnessed in that in these six months is, is this. And as long as you have, I feel as if you have facts to back your reasoning why they are not exceeding expectations and you can talk through them and justify them on your end, then they may not agree, but they can't argue with it, right? I'm a very factual person. And so laying out the facts for why they're not exceeding expectations, they should understand. Yeah, and if there was a mid-year review that the previous manager did and there was some goal set and objectives, then you can at least work off of that to realistically, as Matt said, talk about the facts in regards to that previous mid-year review. But I think a lot of people sometimes get worked up when they get a meets instead of an exceeds thinking that their career job is somehow in jeopardy. And, you know, so I think part of it too is to, for me, is to just calm them down and hope that they realize, and, and I've got to help them realize that 
you know, this is a growing process. This is um, a, a process for both of us that over time, we're both going to improve your career, your job's not in jeopardy. Um, this doesn't mean that you're going to make less money. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm writing up something for your file. It, it just means that, you know, there's some improvement to be made. And um, this is where we're going to start. And hopefully the next time we meet mid-year or mid-year next year, you will have hit these these benchmarks and you will have hit these goals and you will have exceeded. Um, but Ted, calm you make, your fears, make them feel good about it. You make a really good point about the meet expectations. Um, you know, I think that's really important to stress with people right at the beginning that meet expectations is a good job. We set this up for you, you hit it. And, and I've thought about this through the years and I, and I wonder if it's because it's always set up where usually there's three or five. So there's exceeds, meets, and below, or there's five different categories, and meet is always right in the middle. And I think because of our own experiences, we always think it's like A, C, or F, or A, B, C, D, F. So meets, a lot of people just think that's average. It's a C. When in fact, it's, it's a B plus, just to meet the expectations. So that's a really good point. I agree with you, Dean, and I think it's important to stress to the people that exceeding expectations should be like the elite of the elite. There shouldn't be a ton of people exceeding expectations. If they are, if your whole team is exceeding expectations, you better have blown it out. <laughs> and, and not just numbers, but everything, uh, top to bottom. And, and so setting that expectation with the team, too, that it's okay to meet expectations. We want to get to exceeding expectations, but that should be the lead yeah. of the lead. Yeah, I think you guys bring up excellent points. You know, and this is hard too, right? For for those of us out there that might be new to the management role, um, or even if you're tenured and you take over a team, you're going to come across where you know there's a difference in in terms of rating philosophies. Right now, it's up to you. Now you're you're stuck recalibrating, reconditioning everyone's mindset around what these ratings should look like. And from what I'm hearing, sounds like the key here is you have to just set those expectations up front and, and clearly define what these readings look like right out of the gate. Yeah, and I think that's not always easy, Rob, because you're right. You know, as individuals, we all look at it through our own lens. So my meat seeds exceeds below might be different from Ted's, who might be different from, Matt, from Matt's and the rest of our colleagues. And then inevitably, if there is some compensation increase, tied to those metrics, you really get into some squirrely areas because again, it's only based on one person's opinion of that yeah, performance. So true. It's not an easy road to travel. Everyone's beliefs are based on their experiences and depending on where they come from, they have a whole different take on it. All right. So here's the, so here's the next scenario that kind of ties into this. And so this involves your rock star. So this is a true rock star, right? They are without question, are one of your top performers. And yet, they are a very, very disruptive force. They suck the life out of team meetings. They are, they think they're the smartest person in the room. They dominate conversations. They are blunt, direct. They just barrel over people. Uh, and you've had conversations about the behavior other teammates, your other employees have complained to you about this individual. And you can tell on a team when this person gets going, everyone else just shuts down. And yet they deliver. They bring in their goals, right? So 
here you are, performance review time. They clearly, you know, exceeds from a, you know, from their goals, a number standpoint. But as we know, it's not all about the, the numbers. What do you do? How do you handle this situation? It's just going to be hard for us not to use names on this one. No, Dean, no names. Right, yeah. This is a very common problem, obviously. It, it, it is a prevalent part. Regardless whether you're in sales yes. or not, this, yeah. this employee exists on many teams. I'll take a stab at this. If the only issue is, you know, I guess attitude, I, I think that's what we're getting at is the attitude yeah. of this person. You got to have a conversation about it. And if and if it, it continues to happen, which it sounds like it is, you, you know, you can't have that on a team. Unfortunately, you set the expectations and and make sure that they're meeting those expectations. If they're not, you can't give them exceeds expectations and you can't have them on your team. Anybody that is a problem for your team and, and it will dissolve it. You'll never be as good as you can be, no matter how well they do in their um, sales ratings. So for me, it's hard to have somebody like that. And I don't want somebody on my team like that. So guiding them in the right direction or guiding them to a new okay. uh, career path, I think is the So you would knock them down, right? You go. would give them a meets overall? Yep. Others? Uh, it's really, really tough situation, Rob. That's That might be one of the most difficult to deal with. My hope would be that after continued coaching and, and conversations, you could – smooth out some of that friction and get them to either calm down, quiet up or whatever, instead of if not, creating problems. Would you drop the hammer? Well, ultimately you'd have to, I guess you'd have to, because yeah, I mean, if you're not making any progress, you're not getting anywhere, then yeah, you would have to It'd yeah. be unfortunate. Yeah. This is a hard one. I'm not sure I can add much color to what Matt and Ted have already said, because it, it is, I agree with everything said. Yeah. It, it's a very hard one. We probably all had it. It's a little bit like the, you know, Antonio Brown situation in football. You know, that person almost has to self-destruct to maybe separate from them because other than that, they're such a terrific performer. You might really want to get rid of them, but if your choice is finish 110% for the year or 60%, that's sort of a tough choice to make because you, you, you want that person driving revenue. Admittedly, I've even taken the easy way out sometimes, like make sure I schedule region conference calls when they're on PTO <laughs> or something where I just know they won't be involved. Well, in the first scenario, we all said it's, it's more than just performance, uh, you know, sales performance based. And so ultimately they're not meeting expectations, even though they're the exceeding expectations in sales. They're not meeting expectations and everything else. So you can't give them exceeding expectations in any, if they're not following through on the rest of it. And then you have a conversation about what that looks like. And, and also, you know, you can, you can get down the line of what they want their future to look like. Do they want to get into management? Do they want to advance their careers in, into leadership? And if they are, they have to have this part of their job just as buttoned up as their sales part. You know, that's a great that's a great observation is you know trying to leverage other motivational factors that might be very important to them. I am curious, have you ever had that scenario where you did take some different approaches that actually did turn that in individual around that did help improve that that behavior? I'm just just curious. For me, Rob, um, I, you know, I had a situation like that one time where I can't say it got resolved right. lawlessly, but you know. So recommendations that some people gave me really did help. And one was actually from a teacher friend of mine um, who said that she would always try to get 
what others deemed a problem child involved in things like leadership things or, or making them feel important. Uh, and in this case, uh, I really tried to work with this person almost collaboratively. You know what? I need your input on this or on this next region call. Can you do a presentation on this clinical scenario? Because I think mm -hmm. you're the best at it. And let them feel important in a way that it's important for them to look good to their colleagues. So maybe there's not time and room for that negativity or to rear That's its an head. excellent point. It's up to us as managers to put more effort in, you know, sometimes you may have to drop the hammer, that may work, or it really comes down to trying to find the right levers to pull, which is the right lever to pull that might get the, the behavior that you're looking for, the change that you're looking for. And usually mm -hmm. it's ego. You know, you would, you appeal to that sense of, um, and like Dean was talking about leadership, give them some, give them a leadership role, make them feel important. I think what Dean said is an excellent idea. And that is, that is a great yeah. approach. As we're winding down here, uh, just, just to add another little twist to that scenario that we're just talking about is, you know, have you ever had a scenario where you submitted your ratings in and your boss, let's say in that scenario, you did knock the individual down. Uh, but you know, it's your top performer. Your boss sees it very differently and says, nope, you need to bump them back up. Did you ever come across that where your boss didn't agree with the rating you were giving somebody? I've never personally experienced that, but I'm sure it happens. And then I, I think you have an open dialogue of what you're seeing and what you feel and, and they can have theirs as well. And ultimately, if he doesn't agree with it, it it's his decision <laughs> above ours. But at least we can we can express what we feel and why we, we chose to do um, or pull, okay. place it the way we did. Yeah, I mean, in that scenario where you've only been around for six months and your your boss has maybe been around for years and knows this individual really well, then, and like Matt said, I've not been in that situation, unfortunately, so I don't really know. But I guess you kind of would have to defer to them if they'd been with the company for years and years and they know this individual and thought maybe it was unfair since you'd only been around for six months, but uh, I would certainly plead my case and give them a lot of good reasons, concrete reasons, um, why I, I, as the leader, should be allowed to give my reviews the way I see fit yeah. and um, to allow me to continue to build the trust and respect with my team without having someone circumvent that and kind of knock me down in front of them, making me look bad, kind of questioning my leadership, which is also, I don't think, helpful. Well, and you have to wonder, too, if that, that same manager of yours who knocked that person down, if there's not an existing relationship, perhaps there is, you know, back channel chatter going on already. So you may be, you may not be leading in a silo. <laughs> you may have, uh, you may have other people alongside you in the sidecar. Yeah, that, that's an even more frustrating scenario um, to deal with, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I mean, I, I think you guys do have to, uh, you know, you have to kind of plead your case, stick to the facts. And um, in most cases, unfortunately, you're always going to have to defer to your, your, your boss if they're pretty steadfast on it. But I do think you have to have the discussion and, and, and state your case based on the facts, right? Matt goes back to what you said before. It goes both ways. All right. Well, that went super fast. I do appreciate you guys coming on. And Mike, I appreciate you coming on and bringing your managers on the jam session. Absolutely, Rob. It was our yeah. pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great, Rob. I really appreciate uh, being a part of it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, I've listened to your podcast, enjoyed them, and 
it's a privilege to be a part of one. So thank you. Yeah, it was great having you guys on. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to walk away with a lot of good tips on this. These are hard scenarios. So it's, uh, it's never, if it was that easy, we wouldn't need managers, right? But these are some of the tough ones that we have to deal with. So thanks again. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're interested in learning more about the show or how we can assist you through my leadership consulting company, then please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com. 